Next on BYU Sports Nation, extension granted. What are the expectations for Kalani Satake and BYU football moving forward? BYU's going bowling, but who's the ideal opponent for the Cougars in the islands? Plus, the path to the NCAA tournament for BYU basketball. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, November 19th, wherever, however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who believes Shake Shack is an historic National Monument, Jerem Jordan. Uh, apparently, Uriah Leatella, you know, does he joked about it. Yesterday, he was asked about sightseeing and, and uh, had this to say about the trip to UMass last year, which was in Foxborough. Uh, we didn't do any sightseeing. I don't think there's that many sights to see in Boston. But I don't know. I've never been like that. Yeah. Where they had us was like in the middle of like a forest. <laughs> I don't know if a Shake Shack counts, but... <laughs> I think that was the most we did last year. L- listen, <laughs> listen, Uriah's a smart cat, and I really like Uriah. Dog, there's not many sights to see in Boston. Are you Freedom kidding me? Freedom Trail. Are you Freedom Trail. Are you kidding me right now? Shake Shack is awesome. Though, let's <laughs> Go to Paul Revere's house. Come on. Eat yeah. your shake from Shake Shack at Paul Revere's house. Punka Hill and Lexington and every- there's a lot. There's a lot there. There's, so There is now, more than Shake Shack. And they're not playing in Foxborough this year. They're playing year. in Amherst, which is like two or three hours away. Um, uh, some of our crew is actually staying in Springfield, which is the home of the Hoop Hall, Yay! the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, BYU has two Hall of Famers, by the way. Stan Watts, the winningest coach in BYU history. Mm-hmm. That would have been Dave Rose had he stayed one more year, slash the NCAA didn't do anything. And Kreshmer Chosich. There you go. The first great international basketball player, Billy Peckerson. Uh, so there you go. I love it. Yeah. The fries at Shake Shack are historic. Those deserve Those to be delicious. in the hoop hall as well. Those are delicious. Also delicious, today's show lineup, one-on-one with Kalani Satake. Shortly after his contract extension became official, lunch is officially on him today. Yeah, where are we going? Plus, Shake Shack? our hot or not takes BYU basketball signee Spencer Johnson and Dirty Dan wins in Mexico, Oh, Jerem. did he ever. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake now officially inked into a three-year contract extension in Provo through 2023. His guy and star defensive lineman Kairos Tonga could not be happier. Uh, for me, it, it meant the world. I, I felt like I was getting a contract extension. Uh, Kalani has a, I don't know, man, it's uh, just more than football to him. And I'm just happy for him and happy for his family. Um we love Coach Kalani and um, everything he stands for. So, Congratulations, Coach. You get to face Utah on the road, Michigan State at home, Arizona State on the road, Minnesota on the road, Utah State at home, Missouri, Houston and Provo, at Northern Illinois, at Boise State, San Diego State. Oh, and a road game at Stanford to finish out the 2020 campaign. I think everyone knows how I feel about this. <laughs> Good luck. He wants the challenge. Sataki now 26-23 all-time with the Cougars. 
since he took over, has won four straight games, and has BYU Bowl eligible now three out of his four years. On Monday Night Football, Daniel Sorensen picked out Phillip Rivers in the end zone to steal a Chiefs 24-17 win over the Chadges in Mexico City. It was Sorensen's sixth NFL interception in his career. On the other side, Michael Davis had a tackle and a pass defended. BYU women's soccer holding strong at number four, according to Top Drawer Soccer. Fourth in the coaches' poll as well. You know what? The rankings really don't matter because the NCAA tournament is happening and yeah. BYU is the number two seed. But yeah. it's news, so we'll report it. The Cougars host Louisville this Thursday in the second round of the NCAA tournament at Southfield. BYU TV and BYU Radio will broadcast Thursday's match for BYU 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific if they win. BYU TV will broadcast Saturday's Sweet 16 match as well. And it'll be on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Crews app. Now, you have a decision to make. Are you going to say Louisville like everyone else says it or how Louisville says it? What are you going to do? Louisville. Like they hear it. Yes. And want it to be said. Yes. Okay. That's an interesting decision to to uh, go through. Yes. Because you're like, do I care to them or them? Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Louisville. Women's volleyball drops three spots to number 13 in the ABCA coaches poll. Brigham is 22-4 and four on the season. Three matches left. The Cougars host Portland Thursday, and we will have the match against Gonzaga Saturday. We have a busy weekend. Saturday is going to be amazing. You in particular. We'll talk about it later. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem at Utah, Michigan State and Provo at Arizona State More. at Minnesota More. to open the Power 2020 fives. season. Kalani Satake is BYU's coach. He's your coach. He's our coach. He's an extended coach at BYU. What are your expectations for the next four years of the Kalani Satake era at BYU? Seven wins a year, baby! All right. Uh, I just, All right. Okay, let's talk about it. As an independent, BYU is averaging eight wins a year. Uh-huh. Okay, There was a ten-win season. There were eight and nine-win seasons with yes. Sir Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, with Kalani Satake, it's been an average of seven wins a year. 26 and 23, 53% win percentage. It was... It's 61% as an independent. So BYU plays 22 Power Fives the next uh, four years, which this is the duration of Kalani Sitake's contract. BYU has historically won 40% of those. Uh, Kalani Sitake is winning 37% of those. So let's say 37% holds true. That'd be eight eight wins and 14 losses. If it's the 40%, it's nine wins and 13 losses. The hope is that BYU can become better and win a higher percentage of these. If BYU won 50%, that'd be amazing, right? So the hope is it gets better. I want to be mindful of something. BYU's turnaround this season, and the reason, partially, that Kalani Sitake is getting a contract extension, is not because BYU beat Power 5 teams. Granted, he did early in the season. And he has some really notable wins. There are also some notable losses, right, with that. Um, it's because BYU beat Boise State, a team that BYU matches up well with, regardless of how they're ranked, unless that's a Boise State team in the New Year's Six that year. If it's not, then BYU matches up really well. It was Utah State. It was Liberty. It was Idaho State. It wasn't crazy. BYU made some switches. I think BYU should be competitive and beat the majority of those teams all the time, right? So, he, so here we go. It's going to be a tough schedule. I think if BYU is above 500 and wins seven Win seven games. That's the minimum threshold for success. Okay. It's not six wins a season. It's got to be seven. I would prefer that BYU be in the eight-plus category, and they got to get a 10 at some point. I just think it won't happen with how tough the schedules are and how loaded they are at the front of the season. BYU could win nine games this year. Crazy, that'd, right? That'd be awesome. That was at almost the very tip-top of the blue goggle spectrum when the season began. Yes. Oh, BYU winning nine we games. We said goal was eight and stretch goal was 10. 
BYU has a real opportunity to win nine games. And if bolt projections, which we'll talk about in a moment, hold true for what the experts say, then BYU just might get to nine wins, Jerem. Let's go. Okay? So nine and four, if that happens this year, I'm going to throw out the anomaly of four and nine in 2017. Okay? Sure. No, and I still do to this right now. I still do. And I'm going to throw out... I think BYU will win at least eight games this year, maybe nine. So I'm, I'm going to take out the high and the low in the first four years of Kalani's so time. Nine and four, okay. the four and nine. Yes. And okay. then what you are is seven and six, seven and, and six whatever plus you do this year. Whatever happens this year. And if sure. it's nine, then I will take the average of that eight, eight wins. I think the next four years, BYU fans should anticipate an average of eight wins and five losses under Kalani Satake. I would take that, but we do need to sprinkle in, like, if I ate just an okay meal every day, I'd be upset with my nutrition, right? I need a great meal every couple of days, right? At least where I'm like, yes, yes, you need a great steak sometimes, right? You need a hearty meal. You need, yes. If you're just eating okay, like, be- the frustration right now is still pent up. It's the, the pent up theory for me is that BYU hasn't beaten Utah nine games in a row, hasn't finished ranked since 2011, and that's a frustrating thing. If BYU beats Utah and or finishes ranked in a season, which those two coincide, by the way, um, then we feel differently about how everything's going. Correct. There are two things things now that Kalani Satake has not done that have now become top priority. Those two, right? Beat Utah, finish ranked. He got Boise State, he got Utah State. And it feels great. Utah and he's would feel taking even better. BYU to back-to-back bowl games after the 4-9 right. debacle. Like, so there's progress there, but the next two things are being ranked and beating Utah. Today, or, this season was not the year to beat Utah, by the way. Look at Utah. They're, they're in the top ten. They're amazing. They're fan base. I hate it. And the voice of the Utes thinks that it's the greatest Utah team of all time. So they, no, consider they, that. This is, clearly, right? Like, no debate. Okay, topic two. The latest bowl projections are out. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic and ESPN's Mark Slaybaugh and Kyle uh, Bonagura have the Cougars playing host Hawaii. Boo! While <laughs> Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports has UCF in the game. Yeah! Which AAC or Mountain West Conference team do you want to face in the Hawaii Bowl? I don't want to face a Mountain West Conference team in the Hawaii Bowl because I personally will take them on. No, I don't want BYU <laughs> to face a Mountain West Conference team. BYU has beaten the best of the Mountain West. Boise State, Utah State, and I think they're going to beat San Diego State, too. Yes, let's go. So what would beating Hawaii do? It's like, okay, BYU was 4-0 in the Mountain West Conference. Mountain West Conference champs, we're going to hang the banner in Studio B. No, That'll not. happen. We're not going to put anything Mountain West in. I Come seriously on, will fork out personal funds to hang a Mountain West Conference championship banner if BYU finishes the season undefeated Moral against victory. Mountain West competition. <laughs> Moral okay. victory. But I don't want BYU to face a Mountain West Conference foe. I want BYU to face somebody from the American. The Amen. American is having an historic season. They've had five different teams ranked in the top 25 this season. Five. That's amazing. They had four teams last week, which is, uh, I don't know, more than the Pac-12, right, Jerem? Well, let's talk about it. The Pac-12 currently has two in the AP uh, Oregon and Utah, mm-hmm. and then in the ACC, it's it's uh, obviously Clemson, and then Virginia Tech snuck in at twenty five. Uh, the AAC is an awesome league right now. BYU should join it. I'm not saying that. I think someone from the AAC would be great. Cincinnati's ranked seventeenth, highest ranked Group of Five team at the moment. Memphis is eighteenth. They, by the way, barely survived South Florida. Yes, one field goal at the very end. 
SMU's 21st. Navy, four out in the AP, got shellacked by Notre Dame. They're out. UCF was ranked. Obviously, they were the highest at the beginning of the season. Even Temple, who's unranked, would be interesting to me. Gregor Bell and I were talking about this yesterday. He said, a bowl game is a novelty. You want an opponent that's just kind of different that you haven't played before. So uh, I love that idea that Greg said. So any of those five, Cincinnati, Memphis, UCF, Navy, SMU. Obviously, Navy, you have the Polynesian coach, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints connection, right? That'd be fun. Since he's good, although they're aiming for a New Year's Six, they're not aiming for the Hawaii Bowl. But Memphis hosted game day, had the big game with SMU. This would be, this would be fun. SMU, the old whack opponent, you know? Like, there are some storylines that would be interesting. Yeah, Cincinnati and Memphis, I think, are too desirable to other bowl games. And one of them might sneak into the New Year's Six game. So I don't think that that's plausible. I do think that UCF or Navy could really happen if the bowl committee and ESPN wanted it to happen. And, and Ken is from Hawaii, like was at Hawaii forever, right? So that is that awesome. enough of a draw, though, to sell tickets? Because I think no, ultimately— No, bowl games don't sell tickets. But would they sell they more don't. tickets if Hawaii were playing yeah. in that bowl game against BYU? I, I think that everybody <sighs> believes that if Hawaii plays BYU, they will make the most money from ticket sales because— And Hawaii's 7-4. and four, They're Hawaii's bowl eligible. there. And BYU has longtime connections to the islands. And BYU-Hawaii is over there, even though it's going to be Christmas and every student's going to be home— visiting family and probably not on the island. Yeah. But BYU and Hawaii seems like the most plausible situation here just because of the ticket sales and the revenue. Right. The most revenue comes from the TV contract. But yeah, and, and yeah, bowl games are bowl games are a joke financially. It's it's for us watching it's different. But uh yeah, read I'm read, with you. read up on it. SMU Pretty BYU or UCF crooked. BYU, even Navy BYU, those would be really fun games. Yeah, I think that'd be great. BYU, and those Hawaii doesn't those have are a lot of juice. Games. No juice. No juice. But it has tickets in. I love juice. Orange juice, my favorite. All right, on to topic three. Football out, basketball in. Jerem. BYU basketball. Considered by our friend. Joe Lenardi at ESPN Lenardi and his latest bracket because of the Cougars' big win against Houston. TJ Haas, thank you very much. What is the path for BYU to get an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament? They're being considered by Mr. Lenardi. Consider the lilies, how they grow, how they grow. Uh, I think BYU would need at least three more quad one wins. Let's assume that Houston stays a quad one win. They need to stay top 75 in the net ranking. I think BYU would need three more. I see six other opportunities probably on the schedule. Let's walk through it. Kansas in Maui if BYU beats UCLA. Utah State is a game BYU can win on BYU TV December 14th. Neutral site. At St. Mary's January 9th. At Gonzaga January 18th. And then neutral St. Mary's if it's two versus three seed on uh, semifinal Monday. Neutral versus Gonzaga if BYU won that in the title game. There are six more opportunities. Can BYU win three of those? I think BYU could beat Utah State. I think BYU could win at St. Mary's. And then BYU would probably have to beat Gonzaga once or St. Mary's again in the tourney. Is Gonzaga in Provo going to be a quad one opportunity? Oh, yes. Yes. Good point. So there are seven left. Can BYU win three more? I think that BYU needs four quad one wins to hang. Because what happens is you get like, let's say Syracuse is just okay. They're 18 and 15 going into Selection Sunday. But they've played like 12 quad ones, and they probably won at least five. Yeah, You know what I mean? So those are the kind of resumes that BYU has to go up against should they not win the tourney. I feel like BYU's best shot at going to the NCAA tournament is winning the 
WCC title. Like, that's the clearest actual path. Because without Gavin Baxter, uh, without Yoli Childs for the nine games, I just think it's going to be hard. What the Cougars cannot do is have a quad four loss. And they've had a few of these over the last few years. BYU was great last year, by the way, and at avoiding the bad losses. But they, they couldn't just, get a big win. They didn't have good wins. And then they finished the season with a bad loss all of a sudden, right, with San Diego. So can BYU avoid that just absolutely devastating quad four loss and pick up a few more quad one wins? That's, that is the path. I like that you brought up Syracuse. Four and eight against quad one teams. They, were, they, had, they won a third of the games against quad one competition, and that got them into the NCAA tournament. It's good to be the Cuse, right? So if BYU is four and three against quad one competition. Oh, four and... Or maybe even three and four, Jared? Three and four, you're at least... They're bubbly. Yes. They're bubbly. Because you're getting a couple of good wins. Now, remember, Utah State won the Mountain West last year. Popular pick to kind of make a run last year. You beat that team. BYU that didn't make the NIT beat that team. BYU can beat that team this year. And, oh, by the way, I guess who's going to be back? Your boy, Yoli Childs. Can BYU with Yoli Childs beat St. Mary's on the road? Can they beat Gonzaga at home? Can they beat Utah State? Will there be another team that, like, all of a sudden sneaks in as yes, a quad one opponent? Undoubtedly. Maybe UCLA starts to play well, and they get some big ones in the Pac-12, and they're... That's neutral, so it's got to be top 50. They're, they're a top 50 net team. Yeah, you want you want the road games you play to be top 75, right? Neutral, top 50, home, top 25. BYU will play one quad one game at home. It is Gonzaga. Now, I believe BYU will need 25 wins, by the way, to be in the convo. 25-9 uh, and nine record going in if BYU makes... The title game on Tuesday. Okay. All right. So BYU needs to be in the title game on Wednesday. Go 23 and 8 through their 31 games going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. Got to win two. Which there. is asking go a to, lot, right? Go to 25 and 8. If you're losing on Zaga, 25 and 9. Team rankings gives BYU a 57% chance to make the tournament right now. I, because I of think BYU's that's really high. against Houston. I think that's so high. 48% as an at large. Wow. Um, yeah, I think 24. Oh, oh, and by the way, they have a hundred percent lock at twenty-four wins right now. Woo! Really, <laughs> really, yeah. I, BYU figured something out against Houston that they can be tough, play good defense, grind with some offensive possessions where nothing's looking good, but at the end of a possession they got a bucket. That was a good win for not only the resume but the confidence of this team without Yuli Childs. I expect BYU to have at least three quad one victories this season. I expect them to be bubbly. That'd be nice. Yes, 24 wins, 100% on team rankings. How about that? I don't agree. All right, let's manage some expectations on the football side as well with our question of the day. What are your expectations for the next four years of the Kalani Sitake era at BYU? He is official and will be the coach through 2023. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Twitter, Ames Flames. I expect him to love BYU, the players, the fans, and the football program. I expect some big wins, some tough losses, and a difficult schedule year after year, which is out of his control. I expect him to do all he can to help BYU succeed. Hashtag BYUSN. That sounds a lot like seven or eight wins a season, right? Yeah, and that's a fair assessment, for sure. Um, But isn't our goal more than this? Yeah. So why, why don't we control the one thing we can control in this? The schedule. 2024, tinfoil hat theory. 2024, Jerem, BYU's lightening the load. (laughs) 2024, right before all of the major movement in college football. They're going to have a 10-win season. 
<laughs> Coming up, UMass stinks. Our stat of the day will tell you <laughs> that exact thing as well. Amen to that. Now that hashtag extend Kalani is complete, Coach Tatake. <laughs> sorry, get it together. Coach Tatake <laughs> is all about free Yoli. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yes, he is. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Extended Kalani Satake will join us, of course, on his show tonight. BYU Football with Kalani Satake, Isaiah Kafusi in studio, host Greg Rubel as well. Reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Kalani Satake gets his extension through the 2023 season. Things will not get easier as far as the schedule goes. But Kalani Satake's goals remain the same. Get BYU ranked, relevant, and flirting with the New Year's Six Bowl. Whew, that's a large task. <laughs> that's a good one. It's a large task You're funny, at hand. Man. You are hilarious. Especially considering what's <laughs> coming down the pipeline in 2020. Jerem Jordan had an opportunity to go one-on-one with Coach Satake a little over an hour after the news became official. Here is BYU Sports Nation All Access with the head football coach. All right, first off, congratulations, Kalani, on the uh, contract extension. I know that means a lot to you. What did it mean to you? Yeah, just, it, my family and I, we love Provo. We love BYU, and, and uh, it means I get to be here longer, you know. So uh, just make my family happy, and, and, and uh, makes me extremely happy to be here. I love BYU and uh, love the role that I'm in and looking forward to doing it for more years. Describe the feeling you had when Tom Homo revealed the extent Kalani shirt in the locker room after the game. That was pretty cool, and and Tom's, uh, you know, he's he he knows all about theatrics and, and the way he does it, you know, his costumes and Halloween, and I thought that was really cool, and and um, wasn't expecting that at that moment, but uh, just really thankful that uh, you know my relationship with him and the things that he does as an athletic director is amazing. I mean, the way he runs the group and the things that he does, I don't I don't think a lot of people will know enough about him and and the work that he and his staff do in, in making athletics at BYU possible, and so. Um, you know, I'm just really, truly honored and, and, and thankful that, that he's given me this this opportunity to keep coaching. The team had those shirts in the post-game invite to the Hawaii Bowl. What did you think when you saw those shirts? Well, I wasn't really happy about it because I didn't want it to be about me and about, um, you know, when it's a senior, senior day. And um, But, you know, the players, they kind of do their thing, and we, we promote for them to just think of others always. I just didn't don't really need them to think for me but I but I really appreciate it and so I can't say that I I'm really flattered and just love that I love these guys you know so uh, uh it means a lot to me but but I'm just as proud of them when they do a lot of charity work and service and help others and we don't ask them to do that we don't ask them to do a lot of things that they just do on their own and and then and um they're really good ideas and I don't know if this one was but but I, I want them to know how thankful I am Senior day victory against Idaho State. Um, what were your emotions like knowing that you had 19 seniors who played their final home game? Yeah, I was really happy. And, you know, not all of them got to play because you know, a good number of them are hurt. But uh, just just fun to watch them walk the field as winners, you know, and, and to have that, that um, just through that memory of, of this year. And, and then, you know, get an invite to Hawaii, so you can't complain about it. But uh, just... Uh, 
Yeah, just happy for those guys. I, th- I thought it was a good moment for those players to reflect on their time at BYU, and as they, as they, you know, they talk and they walk about it. This is, you can see it on their faces where this is the last time, and they kind of think about what BYU has done for them and what they've done for BYU and how it's such a cool relationship. We're talking with the newly extended uh, head football coach BYU, Kalani Sitake. Uh, at two and four, uh, a different feeling, right? Here we fast forward, four game win streak. How would you uh, summarize the change that has happened with BYU football the last four games? Well, the work's been the same. So the, the common denominators are guys work hard and they believe in each other. Um, it just uh, things started to work better, you know, meaning that uh, and it's not just one thing. There's a series of things, with, and, and most of it were the players that, that took the initiative and, and, and made it a, a point to, to perform better. And so... Um, yeah, I'm just really lucky. I have good guys and good players and, and good coaches that work extremely hard. And and uh, you know, when you work hard, good things happen. And our guys believe in each other. And so uh, that that's never changed. And I'm I'm thankful that they can do that. And uh, they can be the same guys after a win and same guys after a loss. But the key is that they're going to work hard every time. Fourth trip to the Eastern Time Zone at UMass. Uh, what do you expect in this matchup with the team that's had its struggles this season? Well, another opportunity to go back and see our fans, and that's the one thing I'm excited about, seeing our fans in that area, in that region, and then, um, you know, and, and for us to perform at our best. I, I think we respect UMass and then what they can do on the field and, and, and the talent that they have on that team. And uh, But, you know, this is about what we can do as a, as a program and what we can do as a team and improving from last week to this week, and, and uh, we look forward to doing that. And so it's an opportunity for us to, to earn another win. We have a, a streak going right now and some momentum, so... A good opportunity for us to keep building on that momentum. I know you're a big basketball fan of BYU. What do you think of TJ Howe's buzzer beater? Yeah, that scared because it, it it hit the. I wish it would just swish it next time, so I don't have to get nervous like that. But it was uh, it was like a um, like a Kawhi Leonard type of play. You know, it was, it was really cool, and uh, there's some really cool still shots of it, and uh, those are the moments that you'll always remember. And so, even for the fans, that was such a cool moment, and uh, to see that game, and just really happy for Coach Pope and then the boys, and uh, I think I'm. This is all without Yoli, so once we free Yoli, watch out. <laughs> After six more games, yeah. Well, congratulations on the extension, and uh, enjoy the trip to UMass, Clint. Appreciate it. Go Cougs. All right, Coach. Um, five, I think Jer- five more games. I think Jeremy and I want, want steaks for lunch, so yeah. um, we'll be contacting you shortly about Texas that. Texas Roadhouse, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Or, or we could just go to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, might, yeah. Let's up the ante. Yeah. Well, this ain't uh, Power 5 school, but yeah, the Power 5 like. In all seriousness, I'm thrilled for him. I know he's yeah, happy. I know he's relieved. And this, I think recruiting now becomes something that is not as worrisome for him because now he can go into the home of these potential BYU football players and say, hey, I'm your guy, yeah. and I'm going to be here for a long time. Yeah, I'm going to be here for the next several years. He yeah. was contracted through next year, so this is three additional for a total of four. Um, and that... That helps because in about a month, there's the early signing uh, day for football where BYU could sign some in the early signing period. And then February, of course, kind of the whole rest of the hall. Uh, but this matters. Uh, people like Kalani Sitake. He's a very likable figure. He's down to earth. He's, he feels like he's one of the guys, right? He says, I'm the biggest fan of BYU football, right? Which is an interesting angle to take with this. And it's very different than the previous head coach, Bronco Mendenhall, who was very stoic, more military-like, more kind of 
I'm not saying Kalani Stock is not disciplined, but discipline was one of like the characteristics there. Kalani's a player's coach. People love him. And some changes have been made behind the scenes yes. to be more uh, efficient and disciplined behind the scenes to make it better on the field. So as we saw Bronco Mendenhall become more accommodating of the media and kind of let down his guard a little bit, it took a while. Kalani Sitake can move in the other direction, become more disciplined, more... more uh, He's been more guarded for- with the media than I thought. It's been the opposite. I don't care about how guarded you are with the media. I care about whether you win or not. That's what I care about at the end of the day. It'd be nice if the guy is not guarded and a good coach. That's great. Okay. What if BYU finishes 9-4? and 29-23 and 23 through four years all of a sudden starts to sound a little bit better, right? 56%, hey, I think, right? Hey. Which it's got, we want it in the 60s or 70s, right? It's on the right path. Yeah. The right okay. path is right. Coming up, BYU signs two five-star recruits. I like that. And we're tracking Cougar opponents. Will BYU football have nine teams on the schedule that go to bowls when all is said and done? This is BYU Sports Nation. Tonight, After Further Review has a lot to discuss. Idaho State recap, UMass preview as Dave McCann, Blaine Fallon, David Nixon. Guide you through that. BYU TV app tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. A rebroadcast tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. If you missed Jerem Jordan's one-on-one conversation with Kalani Satake a little over an hour after he was officially extended, download the podcast. Great conversation and hashtag free Yoli, says Kalani. You know what else we should do? We should whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU renews Kalani Satake's contract for three more years through 2023. The Cougars are 26 and 23 the last three plus years under Satake with three bowl games in four seasons. Cougars play at UMass Saturday, pregame on BYU Radio, 10 a.m. Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff, bright and early, 11 a.m. Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Dirty Dan Sorensen wins in Mexico. On Monday Night Football, Sorensen picked off Phillip Rivers in the end zone to seal a Kansas City Chiefs 24-17 win over the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego in Mexico City. Can you imagine playing at over 7,000 feet? Yeah, go to Wyoming and play. Good grief. Same uh, elevation. Sorensen's sixth career NFL interception. On the other side, Michael Davis, representing the Y, had a tackle and a pass defended. Soccer. There's a little less smog in Laramie. That's what I hear. Yeah. The women's team remains fourth by top drawer soccer this week. The Cougars are a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Hosts Louisville, not Louisville, Thursday in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Guess what? You can watch this on BYU TV. You can listen to it on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app. Thursday night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Volleyball. The BYU women dropped three spots to number 13 in the latest ABCA coaches poll following another five-set conference loss at the hands of San Diego. Or San Diego. Cougars now 22-4 and four on the season. Three matches left. They host Portland Thursday and Gonzaga, not Gonzaga, or Gonzaga, it's Gonzaga on Saturday. Tennis. Or Gonzaga. The Zogs. We hear that a lot. The Zogs. The men's tennis team signs two five-star recruits. Do you feel uh, like I deceived you? Red Owen (laughs) and Alex Lynn. They'll join the Cougars next fall. Those are big-time signings. Standing for Brad Pierce. I think people are like, wait, in football or basketball? Sorry. Let's uh, segue into a BYU football season tradition in Studio B. We're tracking Cougar opponents. Like a Cougar pun. Starting with the team that BYU faces this weekend in Amherst, Massachusetts. Yes, it's UMass. And the Minutemen, in a battle of one-win teams last weekend, did not win. (laughs) They fall to now 2-8 Northwestern, 45-6. 
The Minutemen are the worst defensive team in college football, giving up 52.4 points per game, which brings us to a fun fact with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. UMass Jerem is currently ranked behind 95 FCS teams in the Sagarin College football ratings. Just uh, try this on for size. UMass at 225 in the Sagarin ratings. 225. There are 130 FBS teams, by the way. Weaver State. They're good. In Ogden, Utah. They're actually from Ogden, Utah. (laughs) At 101 in the Sagarin ratings, they played San Diego State to a 6-0 game. They're number 5 in the FCS rankings. UMass is 225? Idaho State might beat UMass. The line's 40 and a half right now for this game this Saturday. So exciting. By the way, BYU mentioned on Bad Beats for the Idaho State game last night on, uh, with Van Peasy on Sports Center. Dealing it out. <laughs> the missed field goal. And the missed two. field goal. Right? Okay, San Diego State, 8-2 and two, somehow after a 17-7 and seven win against Fresno State. They are the what? Uh, fake ID. Fake ID. They're the, of Mc, college they're football. the McLovin of college football. Yes. The Aztecs play at 7-4 and four, Hawaii. Hopefully not a bowl opponent for BYU. San Diego State, 8th in scoring defense, giving up 14 a game. Wow. But also 113th in scoring offense, putting up a measly 20 a game. Okay. We know what the challenge is. Number 7, Utah, also has a good defense. Looking to move up in the college football playoff rankings after they moved their record to 9-1 with a 49-3 beatdown of the OG fake idea of college football, Jerem, UCLA. Mm-hmm. The Utes travel to Tucson this week to face struggling Arizona. Struggling. Tennessee is 5-5 five five after a 17-13 win against Kentucky. The Big Orange play at Missouri this week. Now, go. this is notable Let's because, go, remember, we've said since 82, BYU has one win against a team in the Eastern Time Zone that finished with winning record. They got a shot. So, Tennessee has a shot. They'll beat Vanderbilt. They'll be 6-6. Six and six. They can win a bowl game 7-6. and six. That would be notable. There you go, man. There you go. USC quarterback Keaton Slovis went 29 for 35, 406 yards and four touchdowns in a 41-17 Trojans win over Cal SC, now 7-4. They close out the regular season against the fake ID of the Pac-12, UCLA, this week. They play. Wait, they close out the regular season this week? They have a bye next week? They don't play on the intro? Washington had a bye week. The 6-4 Huskies play at Colorado this week. Toledo lost to Northern Illinois. 31-28 in Wednesday night Maction. 6-4 Rockets will play again on Wednesday night tomorrow against Buffalo. South Florida lost on a last-second field goal to Cincinnati, the highest-ranked group of five team right now. The Bulls are 4-6 and six, and at number 18, Memphis. Would you feel any better week? about the South Florida loss by BYU if the Bulls had beaten no. Cincinnati? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> USC doesn't play next week. Crazy, right? Don't play. Boise State, the Broncos' lone loss of the season. Still at the hands of your BYU Cougars in Provo. Wow. Yeah, the Broncos 9-1 after a 40-point win over New Mexico, 49-9. They have a big-time Mountain West Conference showdown in Logan at Utah State. That's a huge game for the division. Uh, You know, Air Force, I think, still has one loss. Three teams with one loss maybe in there or something. I'd have to look at it. It's the Mountain West. I don't pay attention anymore. Uh, The Aggies beat Wyoming 26-21, moving to 6-4, and and as mentioned, uh, host Boise State. Liberty enjoyed a bye week after losing to BYU. They travel to Virginia this week to face Bronco Mendenhall's Cavaliers. Mm, they're both Virginia in, teams. They're both in Virginia. Yeah. That's right. In the Mountain Division, Boise State 6-0. Air Force and Utah State are both 5-1. Air Force owns the tiebreaker for Utah State.
It's a big game. What happens if Boise State loses to Utah State? Then there's a three-way tie. Yeah, and and uh, Boise State weird. Boise State defeated Air Force, uh, but lost Utah. Yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah. So yeah, I I stopped and thinking about the Mountain West. Yeah, in and, we're, and we're not going to break it then. We're not going to break. You know what I yeah. do know is BYU beat Boise State and Utah State. I know that. And has San Diego State left. Yeah, so. let's go. Interesting. Let's go. Our question of the day. What do you expect for the next four years in the Kalani Satake BYU football era? Let's get to some tweets now and some messages from Facebook for that matter. Steve Bear on Facebook says, I'd like to see consistent nine and four seasons given our difficult schedules, but at least one or two breakout years where BYU goes 11 and two or 10 and three hashtag BYUSN. For that to happen, in my opinion. For, to break through that, BYU would need to have a maximum of three Power Fives on the schedule to really do that. And it depends who else you're playing. It, it, we group the Power Fives in, into this one big thing. I wouldn't mind playing Vandy and Kentucky and Arizona every year. Those are winnable games. That's, that's at BYU's level, right? BYU's probably just like right there, right? It's, it's when you're loading up with uh, too many Power Fives in a row where it can be an issue. Yes, uh, I guess the only... Benefit to that is if BYU does win 10 games against a difficult schedule, then it's extra gratifying. I always hear the if. It's never happened before, and there's a reason for that. Coming up, hot or not, takes. Plus, BYU basketball signee Spencer Johnson. What was he doing when he saw TJ Howe's buzzer beater fall through in Houston? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you like top-notch soccer, get ready for Thursday night, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on BYU TV, BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, BYU Cougars app. Louisville against two-seed and fourth-ranked BYU NCAA Tournament second round. Cannot wait for this one on Thursday night. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. In fact, we have two Spencers in Studio B right now. Oh, boy. Thanks to the most recent BYU basketball signee, Spencer Johnson. Well, the Jerem signings. Spencer, welcome to Studio (laughs) B. Great to be here. Congratulations on the signing, man. Thank you. You're a local kid from American Fork. You've had an interesting journey, which we'll chronicle in a moment. But what was it like to sign with BYU? It was so cool. Like, the fan base, the coaches, everyone everyone reached out. Like, I just felt the love. It's a great place. Is this something that you originally wanted to do coming out of American Fork High School, or were your plans different at that time? My plans were different. Um, I'd never been contacted by the BYU coaches before. Um, so I signed, out, I signed to Weber State. That was kind of my place, but like, I think things happen for a reason. So, you know, I'm excited to be here now. So let's talk about that. Do you, you went on your mission to Milan, Italy mm-hmm. first. How was that, by the way, Milan? Loved it. That sounds have, awesome. Have you ever been out there? I've not been. Beautiful. Food is great. That's all, yeah, the food. We hear food from Jonathan amazing. Tavernari. That yes, we, we do. To go he, to Italy. he loves it. Yeah. So you go to Milan, you come back, you go for a semester at Weber State, mm-hmm. and then last year you're at Utah Valley with Mark Pope and the staff? So semester at Weber, semester at UVU. At UVU, okay. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you on the team redshirting it at this point? Yes. Gotcha. So Mark Pope and the staff already liked you. They, yeah. they brought you down? It worked out. Okay, it worked out. <laughs> now you're at Salt Lake Community College playing mm-hmm. this year, which is your redshirt freshman year. Yep. And then you'll be at BYU with three to play. Mm-hmm. What's that journey been like? You've been at, uh, I guess, you'll, you will have been at four schools. It be, this will be my fourth school, yeah. It's like, I don't think anyone, like, expects a journey like that, you know. You never play that out in your head. But honestly, like, I couldn't be more grateful for that journey. It's been hard, but 
Um, I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of great people. So I think things happen for a reason, like nothing happens by accident. So I'm just, you know, excited to be here now. What's been difficult about it? I think just having to, you know, pick up and, and meet a new team and start over and just having to do that a couple of times has been it's been a little bit hard. I'm stressing out thinking about the academic credits transferring and yeah. whatnot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be hard. I haven't had to retake any classes. Which okay. Is, that's good. Wow. Which has been good. All right. That's you good. Know. I don't often hear that. Spencer Johnson with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball signee. You played against TJ Haas in high school. BYU just hit one of those iconic buzzer beaters courtesy of TJ Haas. So where were you when you saw that shot go down and BYU beats Houston, and, and what was that like for you? We, we were in Ephraim, Utah, actually. We were playing a game down there, and we were staying in a, like an Airbnb cabin. So TJ hits the shot. We're all watching it on the screen. I'm freaking out. I just get up and start <laughs> running around. Let's go, let's go. It was great. Is it weird to have played against him as a major rival in high school? And now Can you play against – yeah, with the Lone Peak. Uh, you're, you're on the same BYU team, yeah. essentially? <laughs> it, it, TJ's a stud. Everybody knows that. Like, I hated guarding him in high school. He was so good. <laughs> yeah. What was the hardest thing about guarding him? You just shoot it from everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere, and it would always go in, I swear. Yeah, he, he has he, he had a he had a buzzer beater his senior year at the tournament at Orem from like mm-hmm. twenty eight or something. Do you remember this? I do. It was that was legendary as well. <laughs> he's tough. He's, he, tough. he's, he's so good. You're gonna have to guard him a bunch. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. How would you explain your game and how does it fit in at BYU? Shoot, I uh I think I'm really versatile as a player, you know. I don't know if I like model my game after like any one particular player. Um a great rebounding guard, got good size, great shooter. Um, but I think it's going to translate really well. You know, um, Coach Pope always talks about like we want these relentless guys, we want these fearless guys, and uh, I think that's what he's got, and that's what he's going to continue to recruit. Have you met a coach with more energy than Mark Pope? Like it's infectious, right? Mm. How did that, how did that I guess affect you to the point where you wanted to go to UVU and now you come to BYU with Mark Pope? So I've known him for a really long time. Um, I knew him in high school, and obviously when I was at UVU, and like it's just contagious. He just gets everybody going, and he's always working. He's he he really is re- relentless. So like it's it's just you want to be a part of that. You want to surround yourself with those kind of people because that's how you be successful. What's it like playing a season at another school knowing you're going to play at BYU next year? So you're at Slick this year. You're playing at Snow, I take mm-hmm. it. Um, Airbnb cabin. That sounds fun. Yeah, not too on the bad. Road. Yeah. What's it like uh, and, and how motivating is it for you to know, okay, i got to get ready for BYU as well as play my best for this team right now? It's motivating. Like Honestly, <clears throat> as a player, you always want to be motivated. But when you know you got to come and you know, make a difference and, and contribute, like, that, just, that just gets you fired up. You know, just to, to be the best that you can be. Have you spoken with Skylar Halford as a former Salt Lake Community College great that transferred to BYU? I have not yet. Okay, we need we, to connect we, you yep, to it. Yeah. fellow Bruins, give right? Me, give me his number. Yeah. He can tell you a thing or two about BYU Sports Nation karma, okay? Really? Yes. So if you're not aware, you come on the show, we give you BYU Sports Nation karma, you're already a good player, but you'll play better. It who just you, works that way. Who do you play next? Western Wyoming. Okay, well, you're going to be awesome well, against Western Wyoming. Sorry, the Western Wyomings are going down. Uh, it's, it's about to go down. 20-plus, four, at least four threes, yes. couple block shots. You said you're a good rebounding guard, by the way. Mm-hmm. What are your numbers there, rebounds right now? I think right now I'm averaging, 
five or six. Wow, five's okay. a good number. Yeah. Is, is that something? So shot goes up, you crash, or you're boxing out your guy every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so That's I'm, thinking of, thing I'm thinking of Connor Harding right now. As I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Jake Toulson as well. Right, okay. I think Jake's a tremendous rebounding guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who did you kind of get that from? Who who did you see do that? Or maybe that was just a coach that said, "Hey, go rebound." I think it was my. I've honestly just been that way my whole life. Like I've always been like tall, you know. So they they kind of had me playing like the big man sometimes, but it's just an easy way to score. Just go get some rebounds, you know, get yourself going a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Spencer, great to talk to you, man. Uh, let's have you sign our BYU Sailor Coog flag here at Studio B. Right. Go for it. Salt Lake Community College, man, on Bruins. the flag, will be at BYU very shortly. Yeah, awesome. Fantastic. Okay, coming up, does Zach Wilson have a short leash at UMass? Hot or not takes Ooh. on deck. And two Monday night football-centric rise and shout-outs for two former BYU defensive backs. They were teammates. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You can always subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you prefer to accumulate your podcasts. The show is also on demand anytime via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. All right, it's time for Hot or Not Takes. takes. Presented by Delta Airlines Keep Climbing. Oh, Ben Bagley with the jam. Let's do this, man. So, right, I'm going to give you a couple of takes, and you guys can decide whether it's a hot take or not a hot take. First one, BYU will win nine games this season. Not hot. Totally possible. I think BYU can beat, obviously, UMass. I think San Diego State's a very winnable game. And then TBD opponent in the bowl game, we don't know, but I think that matchup is such that it'll be a winnable game for BYU. Lukewarm take. If BYU plays Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl, then it might just be a cold take, and BYU will win nine games. <laughs> It's totally possible. Next. Zach Wilson has a short leash at UMass. Hot take. No. No, the leash is not short. It's crazy long. Come on. Come on. (laughs) They're so bad. This is so not hot. Yes. I know that Zach Wilson sort of struggled last week. 12 incompletions, a pick, three sacks. It's going to be okay. Zach Wilson could go 19 for 31 with two touchdowns and a pick and put up the same line he had against Idaho State, and BYU could win 60 to 3. Yeah. That could happen. It's all preparing for San Diego State. Zach Wilson is going to go up against a top 10 scoring defense. That's that's the goal. But Baylor Romney needs to be ready because we didn't think Jaron Hall was going to get hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Knock on wood. Hold on. Yep. But Baylor Romney's got to be ready to go. And I think that BYU should sit Baylor Romney against UMass. Uh, in preparation for San Diego State. They sat him last week. All right, Ben, what do you got for us next? I'm with you, Jerem. Knock on wood. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Next, BYU is in the at-large convo right now. Uh, Not a hot take. I I think Lenardi validating that idea, right? In this moment. In this moment. This moment doesn't matter all that much. It's Selection Sunday when it really matters. But it's nice to be included in the tweet with Lenardi. It's a warm take. Not a hot take. If BYU beats Boise State and they go to the Lahaina Civic Center at 4-1 and one and then beat UCLA, now, then they're legitimately in the Lunardi bracket. Now, now they're 5-1 yeah. with wins against UCLA and Houston. A lot of teams that get, yeah. 
Yeah. If they're already uh, being like, considered like after beating Houston, UCLA. I don't know that UCLA is that good, but they're a name. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think they'd be in. I think they'd be strongly considered. Warm take. Next. Wait, is UCLA, UCLA also the fake idea of college basketball right now? Uh, very much not that way. But last year they weren't very good. No, they yeah. weren't. All right, BYU hoops is currently the second best team in the WCC. This is hot. I think I think BYU is in the top three. I think BYU is probably third. Saint, until they play, Gonzaga and St. Mary's are going to be the top team. But St. Mary's lost to a bad team, Jared Winthrop. Well, Kentucky lost to Evansville. It doesn't mean Kentucky yes. stinks. And BYU lost to San Diego State. We don't know what San Diego State is really right, right. now. Right. UCLA, by the way, 95 in Ken Palm. And San Diego... State is 72. Ooh, okay. So, I hope San Diego State stays that high. They're 3-0. They haven't played a lot of games. This is a hot take because right now St. Mary's is still nationally respected and expected to finish second. And they beat Gonzaga in the Gonzaga Invitational with essentially the same cast they have back this year. Yeah, BYU didn't beat San Diego. So, yeah. All right. Let's go. New season. Let's go. Those are your hot or not takes, takes on BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, Ben Bagley. Thank you for the jams. Our elite voice of the day answering, what are your expectations for Kalani Satake in the coming years as he extends his contract through 2023, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Grizz Father on Twitter says, that my cup will overspill with hashtag blue Kool-Aid and my hashtag blue goggles will be bigger and bluer than ever before. Because it, that my cup spilleth or <laughs> with blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> Love or it. O apostrophe or, E-R. Yes, like yeah. you're singing a hymn or something. Okay. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shadows. Jeremy, you go first right here. Goes to Dirty Daniel Sorensen yeah, for the baby. interception that sealed the Chiefs win in Mexico City. In fact, we would like to celebrate said uh, thing. We have these sombreros from back in the day. So since uh, the game was in uh, Mexico City, I think we're going to just put these on for the end of the show. My mom's from Mexico, so it's my heritage. Hey, it's awesome. Two years away from Mexico City, they go back, put on a show on Monday Night Football. Exciting game. Daniel Sorensen comes up with a big play, and my rouser shout out goes to Michael Davis, who was highlighted by the Monday Night Football crew because he has Mexican blood. Yes, one of his parents is Mexican. How cool is that? I love it. So Michael it's Davis going awesome. home. He had a lot of family there, a lot of heritage. It was cool to see. Two BYU guys, former teammates, both defensive backs, featured way, in the National Spotlight. Like, way cooler than seeing us in sombreros to end the show. This is also true. <laughs> I don't even know what to do now. I feel like we should do a Three Amigos chant or something. Our thanks to today's <laughs> guests, Kalani Satake and Spencer Johnson. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Oh, great. Real bullets. For Jeremiah Spencer, <laughs> shout out to Justin Robinson. Kalani Sitake, up next, go Cougs.